on today's episode of the Real Foodology podcast. If you're drinking, be a good drinker. If you if you if you're a healthy person, be a good healthy person. Don't be a healthy person who nags at other people or, you know, puts everybody down or, you know. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Real Foodology podcast. As always, I'm your host, Courtney Swan. If you are new here, I started Real Foodology almost 11 years ago as a food blog, and it was an outlet for all things I was learning in the health and nutrition world as I was studying and getting my master's of science in nutrition and integrative health. From there, it branched out into my Instagram and now more recently this podcast, and I am so happy that you guys are here. On today's episode, I sat down with Yogi Cameron, who is the founder of 108 Beauty, which is a liposomal Ayurvedic supplement. I've been using his supplements for the last like six months now, and I'm a huge fan. So when we chatted about him coming on the podcast, I was really excited to dive deeper into Ayurveda. And also he's a yogi, so I wanted to talk all about yoga and the yogic practice that he and his wife implement into their everyday life. But boy, was I surprised, you guys. This episode left me kind of speechless at times. Um... I felt like a lot of what he said was just very relatable and pretty profound, and I found a lot of gems in this conversation that I could apply to my own personal life, and I hope that you feel the same. We talk a lot about spirituality. We also talk a lot about just how to find balance and peace in these modern times and how we can connect back to our truth and connect back to ourselves so that we can become more trusting of ourselves and I just have to say that this episode really surprised me and in the best way possible. I really had a vision for how I thought this episode would go down and what we would talk about. And I had a lot of questions that I wanted to ask him about Ayurveda. And we didn't get to any of those questions because the conversation just went to a totally different route. And I really, really enjoyed it. And I'm going to have him come back on so that we can dive into Ayurveda and his supplements and the health side of things. But I am so excited and happy about how this episode turned out, and I'm really excited for you guys to hear the conversation. So with that, let's get into the episode. Actually, I spoke a little bit too soon, as I sometimes do. If you are loving this podcast, if you could leave a rating and review, it would mean the world to me. It helps this podcast out so much, and I appreciate your support more than anything. Also, I wanted to say, please check out Yogi's supplement line 108. We left a link in the show notes. He has uh, three different liposomal supplements that target different things like detox, stress, and immune health. And I'm a huge fan of them, and I use them almost every single day, and I really feel a difference with them. So anyways, with that, now let's get to the episode. I think it's pretty safe to assume that most of us can agree on that we need to be consuming more vegetables on a day-to-day basis, but it's hard. We live busy lives. It's also hard to cram that many greens in your body in one day, or at least I've struggled with it. And one of the ways that I have been able to overcome this is by drinking green juice. But one of the biggest complaints that I hear all the time about green drinks is that they taste really bad. This is why I love Organifi green juice. Alone, it tastes great. I also love to add it to the their red juice and I mix them together because then I get the antioxidants and the phytonutrients from the red juice as well as the green juice. It also adds just a so much better taste in my opinion. But if you can only do one and you want to do the green juice, it doesn't taste like grass clippings and dirt in a glass of water, unlike some of the green juices that I've tried. 
Also, Perks is that it is organic and it's also glyphosate residue free, so you're not going to get the carcinogenic herbicide in there as well. If you want to get 20% off of any of these Organifi products, go to Organifi.com slash RealFoodology and you're going to save 20%. Also, make sure that you use code RealFoodology and that is O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I.com. Yogi, I'm so grateful that we finally got connected. I love that we got in a phone chat before. Um, I just resonate so much with what you were saying and what we were chatting about. And so I'm really excited that we're connecting right now. Uh, I first found you actually through 108 Beauty. And I just want to say that I love those supplements so much. I'm going to let you speak to them actually, but they are liposomal supplements. And I've found in my years of experience of taking supplements that I've more recently gotten into the liposomal supplements and I've found that they're a lot more powerful and way more effective than powders. Mm. Yeah. I mean, the whole total premise of uh, using modern science is that we can bring the ancient things, uh, herbs, which we don't need to really touch and then use modern science because we can break down the particles smaller. And then when you take them, you don't need to use as much uh, because we're getting into a culture of supersizing and we tend to supersize everything. So we brought that supersizing into supplements. We brought it into, I mean, food, we brought it into many years ago. And then we brought it into spirituality as well, which is kind of getting weird. Um, yeah, so, weird. so what happens, we'll, we'll touch on that one as well. But what happens with supplements is when you take too much of them, the body just keeps getting used to them right and then you just need more and more of them and what tends to happen is then the supplement is doing the body's job for it we don't want that we want the body uh, and the body stays strong when it builds itself continuously with its immune system so we don't want to lessen the immune system by making it lazy right so for instance when you take mo uh, modern medicine for example it does the job uh, takes the infection away now, we need that at times because the body's just overrun. It can't deal with it. That's great one time. That's okay twice. But if we continuously do it, what happens is the body doesn't do its own function. So we, we kind of want uh, the herbal supplements to be uh, in conjunction with what the body does, but never doing the job of the body. And at some point, we may need less or more, but we need to kind of be in contact with ourselves and get to get to know ourselves better and to understand ourselves better. So we say, okay, uh, I need this much today. And then tomorrow I need that much. Um, but every day is a different day. So that's really how 108 uh, came about. I love that you touched on that. So, you know, you just put into words something that um, I have really found as I've gotten more and more into my health journey and learning more about my body and what my body needs I'm driven a lot by my intuition. And so I have a hard time when I have people reach out to me, you know, in Instagram DMs and they're like, how much of this should I, should I take? Or what should I take of X, Y, and Z? And I tell all of them the same thing. I'm like, you know, I don't really know how to answer this because I'm very led by what my, what I feel like my body needs. I mean, I take supplements almost every single day, but there are days that I wake up and I'm like, I don't think I need them today. And I don't take them. And I really feel like that is my body being in connection with my body of like knowing when I need to take it. And then same with the dosing. Like I will take more in some days depending on how I feel and what I feel like I need. And it's hard to explain this to people because I, I feel like we've gotten so stuck on 
Um, where's the study? Where's where's the evidence? We need X, Y, and Z to back everything up. And I'm I'm not fighting that, but where does intuition and our innate trust in our body and our body's ability to know what is best for us? Like, where do we find that balance of of modern science while also tuning into our own intuition? Mm-hmm. Which is the basis of what spirituality is about. Is mm. if you you are spiritual, but you're not maybe practicing it. So we're getting into intuition is about listening and becoming more in touch within. So spirit, spiritually speaking, everybody talks about, the books speak about the journey within. We're just saying we're going to that quiet place where we can know what we need. So the relationship between the practitioner and the client or the patient becomes one of a give and take relationship. It doesn't become one where you go to the practitioner and you say, fix me. So a lot of times we've dropped our responsibility of actually taking care of ourselves and we've given that to somebody else. And it's never perfect when you give it to somebody else because they're not in your body. So I can read your body. I can understand it. I can see what's going on in the eyes and the skin and take the pulse and everything. But within a few minutes, you're shifting. So you are not the same person anymore, right? Because you might suddenly get excited about something and you're reading an email and you're really excited. Cortisol levels just went up. Blood pressure just went up. You know, heart rate just went up. You are now slightly different. So if you said, okay, um, how much of the ashwagandha that you told me to take? You know, I took it at this time. Well, it had a different effect in you. It was the same, um, same ashwagandha, but it needed a different dosage. That we can guide you on for the minimum, but we don't know that in between, like you're saying. So really the relationship needs to be between you and yourself, then you and the practitioner or whoever. But this whole notion that you're going to go to the doctor and you know he's going to fix you or she's going to fix you is, is kind of what we did, you know, 30 years ago. That doesn't yeah. work anymore, you know, and well, it's really outdated. And what you're describing is we have completely given away our power and we put these and what you said in the very beginning, I very much agree with, um, not here to like vilify modern medicine or doctors. Of course we need them for when we need them, you know, but we've gotten to this place where we hold them at such a high pedestal that we look to them for all the answers when we forget that we have a lot of the answers in ourselves. Yeah. Which this is symbiotic relationship. Sorry with the doctor. Well, we like, get lazy. Right. It makes yes. us lazy in the same way as if we give too much medicine to the body, too many supplements to the body, body gets lazy. The mind also gets lazy. It says, well, you know, let me just go to the doctor and take, but the doctor is you know, going to take your blood or he's going to put you on a machine and he's kind of dependent on a machine too, but that machine is not organic and it doesn't exactly read what's going on. Right. So we're kind of guessing a lot of the time. The yeah. best medicine is you're in touch with yourself you understand yourself, you, you read the shifts within yourself. And then you say, well, I think I can take care of this with lavender today. I don't need that, you know, so it doesn't become, and I tell most people use modern medicine for when you're in danger, when you need surgery, when you need, you know, you got a really wicked infection. Um, but if you keep getting a reoccurring re infection, your body's telling you you need something else. You know, yeah. so it's really our responsibility and we shouldn't give it to somebody else. Absolutely. And you know, it's so interesting. A friend of mine were, and I were actually talking about this the other day because her dad's in the hospital right now 
And a lot of it has to do with lifestyle factors in his life. And, you know, and we were trying to understand, like, why don't it, it feels like we're in this place right now where the people that get it really get it, right? Like, I feel like I'm begging my dad to do X, Y, and Z for his health, get off his statins, like do all these things for his heart health. And I'm curious to know what your perspective is on this. Do you think that like people just don't actually really believe how powerful we can be and how powerful these natural um, and like lifestyle and diet changes are? Or do you think that they just don't want to put in the work? I think it's a mixture of everything. I sort of see it from the yogic terminology as everybody is coming from a different conscious level. And depending on our conscious level, so you and I are having this conversation at this conscious level. If you say something I don't understand, it may just go top of my head, I don't get it, or I've heard about it and I kind of grasp it a little bit, mm. or I'm really into it, but I don't actually do it, or I'm really into it and I do it. So I just take it as different levels of some sometimes it's interest, sometimes it's, you know. So to answer your question, it's really about the other person. And if they don't know about it at all, well, you know, my dad smoked pretty much till the time he passed. It was a choice. He already knew cigarettes weren't good for me. I get it. I want to smoke. To that person, I say, well, you better just enjoy your cigarette and don't worry about if it's killing you or not, because the worry is going to kill you even faster. So, you know, understand where you stand in life. So at no point did I ever say to him, give up cigarettes, right? you got to understand who you're talking to as well. So I think it's a two-way thing that you got to understand if you're coming from a different conscious level, you got to say, who is this person? So when people come to me for treatments and things, you know, often I ask them, well, what is it you want? And they say, well, I want to be healthy. Well, Okay, why do you want to be healthy? Well, then I can do the things I want to do. Well, what do you want to do? You know, and as you get deeper and deeper into it, you find out that coming back to your point, people haven't thought about why they want to be healthy and what does it mean to them? What value does it have to them? They just think, I want to be healthy, right? So, you know, my first book, The Guru in You, is exactly that point is the guru is in you. The teacher is in you tap into it. And I always talk about this friend of mine who used to come to me once in a while and say, Hey, I got to be healthy. And, you know, I ask him these questions. Well, what do you want to be healthy? Well, you know, I guess people tell me, you know, I should be healthy. And then I said, well, do you like drinking wine? He's like, yeah, I love drinking wine. I said, well, you drink too much. And he's like, why? But I love it. <laughs> I said, well, that's great. Are you going to give up? Uh, no, no way. I was like, okay. Um, well, you don't really do any exercise. Are you going to exercise? No, I don't think so. Well, are you going to stop eating late, you know, and staying up till four in the morning? No. Uh, you know, does it all bring you joy? He was like, yeah, it all brings me so much joy. I said, well, then don't worry about it. Yeah. So you were answering your own question. If you're joyful about all of it, you know, Ayurvedic medicine doesn't say be healthy. It says, here's how to be healthy. But it doesn't say you have to be healthy. Yeah. You know, so it's really who are we speaking to is really... Um, we have to meet that person where they're at and see what they actually want, not what they're saying that they want, because most people don't actually know what they want. I mean, that's really profound. I can apply this to a different area of my life, but um, I've really been trying to call in partnership. And every time I have this conversation with a friend, I've noticed that people will ask me, well, what exactly are you looking for in a partner? 
And how do you want to feel? And why do you want partnership? And it took me a long time. And I'm so glad I had, so, I had enough people asking me that question that then I was able to div, like, you know, dive in deep and dig internally and really like answer those questions for myself. And so it's interesting to hear that from, yeah, from other perspectives, like a health perspective. And, you know, it comes back to um, really like just, but this is what I tell people all the time that are, they're like, I really want to get healthy, but I'm struggling with like where to start. And I say, well, you need to figure out your why. Why do you want to be healthy? Because that will be your motivation. For me, my motivation to eat well, to get enough sunlight, get enough sleep every day, to really like take care of myself is because I know it, it mentally affects me. And I also don't, I don't want to die of a disease that I know that I could be preventing, you know? And so those are my whys and those are my motivations. But if you have someone like your friend, that's just like, oh, I don't know. Like I heard it's good to be healthy and I want to be, but like, I don't really, he's not going to have any motivation to change any of his lifestyle. No, And he's, and he's actually enjoying, Yeah, it's not that he's enjoying not being healthy. It's just the things that he enjoys are not healthy. Yeah. Right. So he's not going out of his way. And I don't think people are going out of their way to be unhealthy. It's just the things that they enjoy doing ends up being, you know, kind of not healthy for their, I mean, for me, my motivation is I find it really boring getting sick because you can't do the things you want to do. You have to sleep in bed. It's like super boring. So my motivation is I won't get to do the things I want to do. So I'm going to stay healthy. Yeah. Right? So I think the why is a very important part of it. And then, a lot of the times people get to that point and they're like, I don't think I'm going to do the work. Well, well, you just saved yourself a whole lot of worry by just coming to the why and saying, well, I, this is, you know, I enjoy these things. It's maybe unhealthy, but hey, I'm still going to do them. Great. Go ahead and do them. Nobody should tell you not to do them. Yeah, exactly. More power to you. And, I, you know, I, I constantly like to remind my listeners that, I'm just here as the messenger. Like if people are receptive of the message that I have and they're looking for ways to better their health, that's what I'm here for. You can take what works for you, leave the rest. I'm not saying you have to do this. I'm not saying um, this is you know my way or the highway. I'm just simply trying to provide people a roadmap and then they can choose whatever they want to do with their lifestyle and based on what feels good for them. Exactly. I mean, the interesting thing about health is you'll you can do something about it because it's you when you're when you're talking about a relationship or wanting one now you got two people it's a different ball game yeah. <laughs> that's that something i've had becomes, to remedy myself <laughs> well i mean ultimately in all relationships we're kind of re we are attracting whatever we're putting out so i always say and my experience is when I shifted different things that I was putting out based on what I was thinking and what my values were, I think the bottom line is we will have to find somebody that our values match, which is the sort of the underlying thing. So I'm in relationship with my wife. She's a yogini. We walk the yogic path. That is what bounds us together. And then, of course, all the rest of it is beautiful. It's like what grows on top but the ground underneath the roots of those are those things that we find great value in and that we will always and so that kind of feeds us both yeah well it's the foundation that everything is built on without that foundation everything else is going to crumble eventually those yeah and then whatever to. happens on the top yeah it will come and go it will break up it will fall down we have to rebuild 
many things will happen, but you always find that foundation is beautiful. So you lean on it, you know, um, it's like wartime now in Ukraine. Um, I, yeah. I was living in Iran when the revolution started and war broke out. It was the basis of how people came together was the root of it. Mm-hmm. It wasn't, um, it was out of the necessity and the building and, you know, the, the comradeship of it. All the surface stuff just goes away in those moments. You know, 9-11 when I was in New York, surface stuff just wipes itself away and only the root stays in it, all people. Yeah. So it's an interesting time. Yeah, it really is. (laughs) So you touched on something that I want to dive a little bit more into because I don't really understand too much about this. You mentioned you guys both live the yogic, uh, yogic lifestyle. Is that what you said? Can you kind of explain to people a little bit what that means? So there are four books of knowledge. Uh, they are the oldest books we know of. They're called the Vedas. Um, and Ayurveda, which is the medicine side of India, comes from the Vedas. Yoga also comes from the Vedas and many other books as well. So yoga is all about the mind, beyond the mind, meditation, mindfulness, all that. And controlling the mind, what your thoughts are. And then Ayurveda is all about your lifestyle, how to keep your body healthy, uh, how to treat your body for any disease. Uh, so me- the medicinal side of life. Uh, and these two are sister sciences and they're interwoven because the body and the mind can't be separated. So we treat the body and the mind at the same, th- uh, at the same time because if you have a headache, you, you're, you won't feel good. That means your body won't feel good either. So we treat the body as well uh, uh, because when our body has something going on with it, say we have a kidney problem, then when our mind doesn't feel great either because we have a pain, right? So we treat both of them. So the yogic life is about uh, first thing in the morning and throughout your day coming out of a certain way of thinking, a certain way of living. So we dedicate the first three hours or so of our morning to different practices. Um, we do different cleansing practices for the body because the body's been sleeping. It's accumulated toxicity. Um, the body typically at nighttime cleanses itself a lot. A lot of mucus gathers. We expel all that stuff. We do various different uh, treatments on ourselves. And then we sit, we do rituals, uh, we do meditation, we do our uh, yoga postures, breathing, mantras, chanting. So all of that we dedicate to the divine within us because divinity is within everybody. And mainly that yogic uh, practices are so we recognize d- divinity in other people. That way we don't really have a problem with you know anybody, right? Because you are as I am. So when we're talking about all that surface stuff goes away, all the surface stuff of our personality and our opinions and what we think. And if we're Democrats, Republicans and Jews and Christians and whoever kind of goes away. Now I can see you at the core level and you are me and how I treat you is like my sister, like my brother, like my, you know, so that is basis of yogic thinking and philosophy. And then we take that energy that we create in that first few hours of the morning we take that and that becomes the way we deal with life. And then at nighttime, we go through a little bit more practice as well. So we've kind of bookended our days in this energy, if you like. 
So it's very physical, very mental, and then it becomes spiritual. That's where I said everybody is spiritual, but not everybody's practicing spirituality. Mm. Uh, and that's what yogis do. Yogis uh, dedicate you know, part of their days to these practices. And those books have been there five, six, seven thousand years. Uh, and they describe in them how man will go through these times, you know, times of war, conflict, technology, you know, all, uh, military, you know, all this kind of stuff. And how did they know that, you know, six, seven thousand years ago? And they probably knew it before that um, because they didn't live like us. You know, they weren't so into the material. They were much more into the ethereal. They lived in forests and they were part of nature. And so they knew how, how life was going. Uh, they saw how things were. So they brought all these practices to us. Um, so we could find relief in it. We could heal ourselves. We could become more intuitive, self-sufficient, uh, but not self-serving. And then that was the part that we would then help others in what we knew. And everybody was trained in different things. So you could have, you go to a surgeon, you would go to a practitioner, you would go to the elders. So you always had guidance going forward, especially from the elders. Um, so because we were more tribal, um, Right. So through the age of technology, we've kind of become splintered and more, and we're all in our little boxes. And pretty much all our health problems come from that. The fact that we're all in our little boxes, we need to all come out and play. Yeah. <laughs> yeah and reconnect with each other. I mean, all I kept thinking as you were describing all of that is, um, wow, what a, I mean, at least for me personally, I think what a wonderful way to live. I mean, I can really resonate with that that sense of um, that kind of tribal living where you're living in nature and you're one with nature and um, you have elders that you can go to for advice. Like I just think about how, uh, you know, we talked about this before we started recording, but I just moved and then I had all this stuff come up with work and my business and everything all at once. And it was like, it, it just felt like chaos. And I was looking for advice and God, how amazing would that be to have like, you know, just like an elder to talk to, like my grandparents aren't around anymore. So you look to like your peers and I don't know, just this whole, I feel like the way that we live our lives now, we are so disconnected from, from our community. And how do we get back to that place? Like, how do we live in these modern times while also cultivating that kind of um, community? Mm -hmm. It's a mindset. We, in the same way we were talking about asking the question of why um, we have to ask ourselves that what's more important to us because mm. we're always going to do the things that are more important to us. We're going to make time for them, you know, so people watch their favorite TV show. The reason it's their favorite TV shows, they make time for it. Yeah. Right? Community is something that we used to do very well easily, um, but it's still a part of us, you know, we have to make time for it. We have to start to kind of slowly break up more of our time and say, I'm going to make time for going to do these things. Um, it's not a part of the culture anymore. Yeah. You know, it's not. Uh, but making time, I mean, for us, from what we know from the oldest books from the elders is people need to make time to do spiritual practice. Because when we're in the mind too much, 
we're always going to be too intellectual. We're going to be too emotional. We're going to, you know. That's me. I'm pointing <laughs> at myself right now. I'm like, that's yeah. me. Well, because you're running a business, uh, you're single, uh, you don't have support in that same, you know, in that way that you taught. Uh, talked about you know the elders next to you yeah. um, I have many different outlets to go to I have teachers that taught me in India I can uh, get on a call with them I can go see them I mean they're far away um, I have my wife as a support system and we have others elders that we go to uh, we have astrologers we have you know such a way of understanding the deepness of life that at no point do we left sort of alone unless we want to be. And that doesn't mean we have a lot of people around me. You know, we, I mean, I see my friends very once in a while. Um, I don't need my friends around me. I need people around me to support sort of where I'm going in life and I can support them, you know? So it's not about we need to spend hours together. It means specifically we need to get together so if you call me and say hey i need you know i need some advice i carve out the time because it's you and it's you need it in that moment that's more because then you keep the connectivity and then suddenly you expand that community so we have a community called inspire living um so we have a facebook page and we you know get together this weekend we have a group satsang and that's what it's for. It's to get people more and more involved so they reconnect if they've disconnected. Because to your point, disconnecting brings health problems, brings mental problems, brings anxiety problems, depression, all these things. They're all really born out of being too either solitary or being too in our own heads. Mm. Because that call it the bad neighborhood. Yeah. <laughs> the bad neighborhood is up here and you hang, hang around in it too much. You know, this, <laughs> it gets you into trouble, literally, because you start taking offense, you start getting upset, you know. Um, like we just painted our house and our neighbor was mowing the lawn and she just banged into the house and, you know, ripped up you know, some oh. of the paint. So I was, and she was so upset. And I was like, it's okay, it's just paint. Don't worry about it. I'll, paint over it in a week or two or whatever, whenever it is. But she was more upset because she got it into her head that the house was perfect. She wasn't, in, she wasn't she coming from, it. well, she wasn't coming from my point of view, which was, don't worry about it. It's just a house and it's just the wall yeah. and it will, we'll paint at some point. We may forget about paint. It's not point. It's going to get bird poop on it. <laughs> the dog's probably going to lift its leg and pee on it. It's you know, gonna, like it's, that's what it's for. <laughs> So it's true. So we we are getting so sensitive to everything mm. um, because what we're doing is we're using everything. It, everything is wonderful, but we're using it in the incorrect way. So we people complain to me all the time. Hey, Yogi, it's great. You're treating me like this. I went to my doctor and I'm like, don't complain about your doctor. So if you went to the doctor and you thought he's going to figure it out, that's not what he's trained in. He's trained, go look up what doctors are trained in, right? You go and you're stressing them out because, and they're going to give you an answer of something, but their main tool is pills. If you go to a doctor, right, they're going to give you a pill. So don't go to the doctor if you don't yeah. want a pill. That's your responsibility, right? So we're using doctors in the wrong way. We're using 
technology half the time in the wrong way. We're using everything in such a mixed up way and um, exaggerated way. It's just giving us problems. Mm -hmm. So technology is giving all the kids, especially who haven't, you know, their immune system hasn't grown up. They've got all kinds of, you know, problems and anxiety problems because there's Wi-Fi, there's the screens that give off the blue light. You know, they're not in sunlight most of the time. They're in their rooms. So we're misusing things. It's not the things don't have a place. Finances, getting in too much debt, whatever it is, right? We're just using things in the excessive way, let's say. Yeah. And if we use it all in a proper way, it would be fine. So you touched on something that I would love to hear your perspective on this because I, I've been, well, I think a lot of society has been struggling with this the last couple of years. This sensitivity, all of a sudden it feels as though, you know, every single thing that you say, you're walking on eggshells because you're worried that you're going to offend someone. Someone is so sensitive about it. I, just so that people can understand like where my brain comes from in all of this, I'm not claiming any sort of like superiority, but I started really noticing this a lot in my Instagram DMs because I, I've been talking about the same thing with health and nutrition and how to, to better your health for 11 years now. Like it's been a long time. And I really noticed a shift in the last couple of years, the things that I've been talking about for years, suddenly I was getting all this hate. I was getting all these messages like, how dare you? This is so insensitive to X, Y, and Z, or my mom died because of this. And, and all I kept thinking was like, well, how am I supposed to know that like this would affect you in that way? And I have empathy that you're in pain, but there's no way that we can manage every single person's um, entire lens that they see the world, right? And everything that they've been through. And I'm just curious to know why, why we're seeing this in society where everyone is so sensitive about everything now. I, th- I mean, if we look at the Industrial Revolution, which came, you know, some hundred years ago, you know, we had two billion people in the world. They were scattered everywhere. We didn't have pollution. Uh, we didn't have uh, money was there coming. It wasn't quite there yet. Uh, everything was slow. People lived slowly. The nervous system doesn't do well when we go quickly. It's just doesn't. It's not built for that. So in the Ayurvedic system, we have what we call the earth element, uh, which is kapha, the uh, fire element, which is pitta, and the air element, which is vata. Everything in the universe, everything in the world is made of these elements, a mixture of these elements. When somebody's body is bigger, they have more fat on them, their bones are bigger, they're just stockier, they can absorb a lot of this better because they have just that muscle mass or that fat to deal with it. When our bodies are thinner and thinner and thinner, our bones are smaller and they, we get more and more nervous, right? So it has a lot to do with our elemental balance. It has to do a lot with our constitution. But at the same time, we travel a lot. We're in cars now. We're going at speed. Uh, we're on the internet with um, 5G, the screens that are emitting the light everything is becoming more and more artificial. And now we're going to go into the metaverse and we're going to put on AI glasses and we're going to be in that zone. So from 100 years, we've suddenly gone from slow, slow, slow to, I mean, we've just gone up in fastness. Everything is super fast. That's why we think life is going by so quickly, right? If you ask your grandparents back in the day, they'd be like, yeah, life was just normal. It was going slow. <laughs> you know? But 
within the last 50, 40 years, everything is zipping by. And even the older people are like, what's happened to life? Where has it gone? You know, that is just hammering the nervous system. So we have 11 systems in the body. If your nervous system is getting shot and overloaded, that means your digestion will be off. That means your endocrine glands will be secreting way too many hormones in different directions. Uh, cortisol levels will be up. Um, serotonin will be low. All the chemicals will be off. So when I'm looking at patients and clients from the last just 20 years or 10 years, I'm seeing typically women are getting men's issues, what we used to call men's issues, because women are come into the um, workplace and they're not, uh, I wouldn't say competing, but doing what the man's job was, so to speak, and then trying to keep up with it. Yeah. But our female's body isn't built the same way and the hormones are slightly different. And then, you know, women are trying to have kids and then have some time off. And then it, it's like a super stressor, right? And then we don't give any, we're not very kind and very empathetic towards women are different than men and we expect everything. And, women, you know, so what's happening is we're just going so fast. Technology is kind of helping us, but at the same time, not helping us, making everything too fast as well and the body is just trying to cope so now we're in a coping mechanism not in a thriving mechanism mm. and that hands down seems to be everybody's story across the board whether i talk to people in paris whether i talk to people in london la wherever they are um, even people living in the countryside you would think you know farmers are having a great time they're out in the country they're outdoors they're all stressed right yeah. Um, people are in more debt, people are in more finances situation, people want more. Um, so I think it's a culmination of this total lifestyle that we've chosen. And then, of course, bring in the pollution side of it. Air is polluted, food's polluted, water's polluted. It doesn't look good for the future. <laughs> yeah, and not to yeah. be, a, you know, not to be not optimistic. But we have all contributed to it to, to a larger or a smaller degree, right? Um, we have to now understand is, you know, years ago, we used to just take a walk and go, you know, do simple things. And now we've made life so complicated, we need entertainment in everything we do, right? So people are entertaining themselves with spirituality, with health, you know, they're off to a retreat. And then, you know, they come home and just do the same things they did before and going to a retreat for weeks, not going to do anything, you know? Wow. Okay. So that were, so were you done? I didn't mean to. <laughs> no, you. it's okay. It, 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 it's a lot. It's a lot. What if I told you that there was a way to improve your cognitive function over time and improve your productivity without any sort of harsh side effects without having to get a pharmaceutical prescription drug or have to reach for numerous cups of coffee every single day. Well, guess what? There is, and it's called Magic Mind. Magic Mind is the world's first productivity drink. I started drinking this a couple months ago, and I have truly seen a difference in the way that my brain functions, and I'm so much more productive during the day now that I take this. 
I wish I had found this years ago because it has really transformed the way that I work on a day-to-day basis. What it is, is it's a little shot and it has matcha green tea. It also has adaptogens and new tropics and just a little bit of honey, but there's not a ton of sugar. You know how I feel about sugar. And this, this blend of matcha green tea that gives you just a little bit of caffeine, which also has L-theanine in it, which helps to calm the nervous system. So you're not going to have a really jittery, um, like you're feeling like you're jumping out of your skin kind of energy. It's just going to be a really calming, soothing energy. It also has cordyceps mushrooms, which are notorious for giving you a little bit of energy. But again, it's that kind of clean energy. There's also ashwagandha in there that really helps with stress and echinacea that boosts the immune system. And then there's also cytocholine, which also it helps oxygenate the brain so that you can, uh, so your brain can function better. I cannot speak highly enough of Magic Mind. I have a code that saves you 20% off. If you use code realfoodology at magicmind.co, you're going to save 20%. Please write me on Instagram. Let me know how you're loving it. I really hope that you love this product as much as I do. I do have a question for you. So um, kind of hearing how you live your life and how you have these practices that you do for a couple of hours every morning and at night, and you're really, you have it down, like you have figured out how to kind of apply this spirituality into your life. How, what about people that are listening right now? And they're like, yes, like this is really speaking to me. I'm struggling with the stresses of life and I want to figure out how to incorporate spirituality in my life, but I don't have, you know, three hours in the morning to dedicate to that. Like, where does someone start? What's kind of the baby steps to start trying to get into this where they can, it can be manageable for them. Um, my point of view is we're past baby steps. Yeah. We, it's like saying, it's kind of funny when I listen, I don't listen to the news very often, but once in a while it pops up on my phone or something and people are arguing about um, whether things are polluted or not. You know, if the icebergs are melting. My point of view is what we can see through science is that it is way more polluted. Now, if you... I, I don't even want to talk about climate change. Climate change is or it isn't. The point is the earth can't deal with, we're going to be 8 billion people soon with, we're just taking so much from the land. Even if you believe in climate change or not, it's not the point. That many cars spitting out that much carbon monoxide, that many planes that many food that we have to create, that much water we have to use, right? So I don't even get into conversations about climate change. I'm just saying if, if, and what's happening is if we just keep taking as we do, um, we've gone past taking baby steps. That, that we can't do anymore. You know, I can tell you when you get up in the morning, drink some hot water. Is it going to take care of all your problems? No. Is it going to be a start? Yes. Is it going to be a good start? I don't know what your digestion's like already. (laughs) If your digestion's pretty good, it's a good start. If your digestion isn't good, it's an okay start. You're going to need to do a bunch of other things. I think what people are asking for when they say, what are the baby steps, uh, especially my clients or people who come to me, I say, what you're saying from the beginning is, I'm not ready for this, Mm. right? Because if somebody says to you, how much money do you need? You don't go, 
well, you know, 10 bucks should do it. <laughs> I'm like, I want millions. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. You start going, yeah. well, how much could you give me? <laughs> yeah. It's true, true. And, and, and if the other person goes, well, how much do you want? You're yeah. like, you start saying what you really want. Right. Yeah. So why don't we that's do true. the same thing with the thing that's most precious to us, which is our health. Forget about spirituality. Spirituality will definitely elevate your consciousness and your life to places that you've never been before. That's aspirational if you don't do it. And, and it's inspirational if you start to do it. That can be a choice. But health is not really a choice in that same way. Because if your kidney doesn't function properly because you've been drinking too much or you're not taking care of yourself, baby steps are not going to do it. So when it comes to health, I always tell people, forget about baby steps. Look at yourself in the mirror, whatever you need to do and go, this is where we're at. This is serious. Let's get, I am worth way more than baby steps. What am I really going to do? And let me start getting serious about it. Because if I'm sleeping late, eating late, and I'm doing all the late things, ask myself, if I enjoy it a lot, then let me just keep doing it. If it's taking away from my enjoyment and my health, and that's more important to me, I'm going to have to do a few things um, and cut out a little bit of my day, maybe get up earlier in the morning. You know, people are like, well, I, I, yeah, I don't want to get up at four. Well, get up at six. If you're sleeping until seven, get up at six. It's really you're investing in yourself. So I'm not asking you and you're not asking, saying invest in us. Mm -hmm. we're saying this investment is in yourself. So do you want to invest in yourself? Right? That's all we're asking you. Because you're saying is I want A, B and C. And that's my goal. And I'm saying, well, it's going to take you getting up at this time doing this eating that. So whatever your goal is, I can help you to get there but I'm not carrying you. <laughs> yeah. That's no, what I'm telling you. I'm not carrying you. No, and no one else should. And you know what? Here's the thing. That never works because if the person is not willing to put in the work and they don't actually want to change, the change won't happen. No one else can force you to it. Yeah, and I can tell you there's a million courses out there and retreats and all kinds of things which will tell you differently. They'll tell you, just sign here and get this done and, you know, pay this amount and you'll be fine. <laughs> and what I'm telling you is if you've done it twice, you already got the experience. That's not what it, how it works. Yeah. There's some work to be done and enjoy the work. Well then, okay. So let me reword this because, well, I I'm asking for myself as well. Cause I'm curious. So, um, I have really, I've gotten to a place where I feel like, um, I've, I've really tackled like the diet, the sleep, um, the mental health aspect, I, I believe, um, mental health is, is a lifelong journey that we go through, but I feel like, um, I'm in a place where I'm, I'm in, in growth and all that and introspective and stuff. But I guess for me, where I'm really struggling with is this last piece of, you speak a lot about spirituality and I feel like it's, it creeps a lot into my life because of what I explained earlier. I've gotten really in touch with my body and my intuition and, and my diet and all that what would be something, what would be kind of a next step? I mean, would that mean um, meditating in the morning? Kind of where, I guess I'm just kind of curious, like I need a roadmap. Where do I go next? It's like your health. You get up in the morning, you check in with yourself. How do I feel? What's going on? And I tell people, sit up in bed. Um, 
Actually, one thing we tell people, my wife and I, when we teach together, we say, before you get up out of bed, in that moment before you get up and you're kind of groggy, sleepy, not awake, but you're waking, if you can, start to remind yourself to set an intention at that moment. It's the best time. You're coming out of this new, from one brainwave to another, great time to start to set an intention. Because if you set it then before starting to think about anything else, it'll be stronger in your head, right? Something, it could be for your day, could be a repetitive intention. It's just you're making your resolve in that moment saying, I believe in this, this is what I'm going to do today. And then you start to wake up. From there, I always tell people, check in. Before you get up and you start doing stuff, your phone, you know, have your phone in the other room, by the way. Your phone, if it's anywhere near you, it's a distraction. Plus, it's putting out the, the wave, the, the yes. Wi-Fi wave is right next to your ear. It's not good. That will make you more nervous. Get up and see how you feel. Check in. You know, how's my stomach? How's my digestion? Then I tell people, do you know, have a glass of hot water. And then after that, brush your teeth, have a shower and all that. Now come to your mat, do some yoga postures. Why? Because we're opening, expressing openness of the body. This starts to help the cells, uh, the body's energy move and awaken. And after that, we do some uh, pranayama, some breathing practices. It doesn't have to be a lot. Um, on Inspire Living, we have all of these kind of starter video and then the second video and the third video and they're called daily practice videos um, and then after breathing you either do some chanting or you do some meditation with a mantra or something like that because remember the brain and the mind the mind will just start floating around it's got thousands of thoughts if we don't give it one thing to focus on which is usually a mantra or something it will wander off and it will take you on this other journey that, while you're trying to do your practice. Yeah. So that's why we, we get the body into a place where it can, it's expanded. Now I can sit on the floor and not move. Now I can do my breathing practices without moving. That's why we do mainly the yoga postures. Now I'm taking hold of my prana, which is my breath, which is connected directly to my senses. The way I'm going to calm down my senses, which are always looking out, hearing out, touching out, you know, tasting, I'm going to subdue them all because I, there's no way I'm going to meditate with a, with a heightened, you know, stimulated senses that want to eat and want to look at my phone. And so I subdue them with these breathing practices. Then when everything is calm, nervous system is calm, then I can sit for some meditation. If my mind is too busy, you can't meditate, then you do some spiritual reading, right? Now, you've just created, and you don't worry about how many minutes you've done or how many hours. You've just created the body in a stable place. The mind is in that spiritual place. Now, you can reaffirm your intention and then go out into your day and live with that energy. And that's basically where we tell people to start is, Start in the morning. And then if you can at nighttime as well, even if you sit for 10 minutes, go through your day in your head. How can I do it better? What can I do better? How can I do better for other people? Uh, maybe you do a meditation. Maybe you listen to something and you bookend your days with that energy. Now, 
your life shifts. These people will shift outside your circle a little bit. These new people will start to shift inside your circle. This work will shift a little bit outside your circle. This work will shift inside. Things will start to shift around. The first thing I tell people is when you start to do spiritual practice, things will move. So be okay with them because you're the creator of that energy. So don't be upset at it when your friend who's not very spiritual, wants to drink a lot, doesn't call you. <laughs> because you just created a different energy and you just told the universe, I want something different. So be happy with what's there. So to answer your question, that's really the beginning. That's not baby steps. That's a step. That's an okay. adult step. Um, I'm all that. about taking adult steps with adults, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I love that because your approach is very much the approach that I take when I, when I talk to people about health and nutrition and food, I'm like, I'm not going to hold your hand through this. And I'm sorry if that's, if that sounds harsh, but you know, the reality of the situation is whatever you're dealing with, whether it's diabetes or, um, obesity or whatever it is, it's like, we need to face this head on and we can't sugarcoat this, you know, and I'm going to bring a lot of love and compassion to it. And I have a lot of empathy, but we also need to address it, you know, and I like your approach with that. Which they come to you for that. Yeah. So exactly. you can't blame somebody and tell them what you want. And then when they tell you how to get there, <laughs> then yeah. say, hey, what are you talking about? You know? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, and again, it comes back to, you know, you take what works for you and you leave the rest. And, you know, that's just kind of what life is. Yeah. I mean, taking an adult step for me means um, being rational about it in terms of, I know my capabilities. My capabilities are a lot bigger sometimes than what I'm actually going to do. So always know that you're, you're way more capable, but you have to have somewhere to start. That doesn't need to be this tiny step where it's insignificant and then you probably won't do it again. It needs to be enough to get your attention, enough to keep you interested and enough to build on. That's an adult step. Yeah. Right. That's that's something we can start to grow in. And and if I'm going to teach you and I'm your practitioner, uh, next time you come, I don't want to be talking about the same thing. I'll get super bored. <laughs> I'll be like, you didn't do that. <laughs> well, because then you just go in circles and you're like, you know, you get to a certain point where you're like, I can't help you if you're not going to help yourself. And well, I'm it's like being at work and your bosses told you to go do something and you come back and you you didn't do it. Oh, and you're just like, ah, and, and you're like, like, it's not personal. So don't take yeah. offense. We just we're in the system and the system works in a certain way and work needs to get done. When we're talking about health and spirituality, people tend to think it can wait because it's not that important. And other things are more important. Mm -hmm. Well, nothing's more important than your health. And I hope nothing's more important than getting more conscious yeah. I think everything else needs to come out of that energy that you create, not opposite way around and say, well, you know, I'm so tired, I couldn't meditate. Well, if you're so tired and you can't, you should reevaluate your life and say, if I can't sit for 10 minutes and, or 20 minutes or half an hour, whatever, I'm not living an abundant life and I need to reevaluate my life. Yeah, and I find this so interesting because you know, I'm not placing judgment on this, but I think so many, 
um, don't have their, their priorities in line because I hear this all the time. Oh, I don't have time to take care of my health. I don't have time to sleep. I don't have time for X, Y, and Z. And I'm like, but without your health, you won't have time or the ability to do all the things you want to do in life. That should literally be number one, because when you can show up for yourself and you're healed and, um, taking care of yourself and it's kind of, it's that concept on the airplane, right? It's like, you got to put on your oxygen first before you can like show up in the world and help others and be the person you want to be showing up in the world and doing the things you want to do. Yeah. Well, to all those people, I always say the same thing, empower yourself by saying, I'm not making time for it yet, but don't say I don't have time because we all have 24 hours a day. It's how we're using it. You do have the time. So be empowered and say, I'm just not making time for it now. That way, you know, you have a choice rather than putting yourself in this box of, you know, I I don't have the time because everybody's busy. Everybody's doing, you know, 100 things. Um, But it's what you do with it. I choose to get up earlier. And then by the time 12 o'clock comes, I've done so many different things. I can then actually go work out. I can go do some other things I want to do because I've made it a priority. And I think, you know, everybody can do this is make it a priority to do healthy things during the day. You know, whether that's exercise, um, morning spiritual practice, whatever, you'll find that the more health you bring into your life, the more time you have, because when we're feeling better, we're healthier, we make better choices and hands down, anybody I work with, because first thing I do with people is, what's your routine? Tell me all about it. You know, oh, I do this. This is what time I get up. That's what time I go to bed. This is what. The routine is so full of so many different things you don't need to do. And you're taking too long to do them that we can crack it, make it healthier. And then suddenly you have so much more time. I did this with my sister one time. You know, I don't have time. Okay, let's find. In the end, we found two hours. Wow. Right. And it wasn't the rush day. It was everything. But then I found out well, she didn't really actually want to do it. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a big one. So it was my sister's. So I could put her on the spot. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You're like, I can call you out because we're related. Yeah. Um, but but that's the point is you do actually have more time than you think. Yeah. So. Well, and, and I found so I will admit and I'm not proud of this, but I have struggled to find a morning routine and practice where I meditate in the morning. And I I have these kind of spiritual things implemented. I've been dancing around it, meaning that like, I pretty much am almost there and ready to really start doing that. But what's interesting is I was having a conversation with someone recently about this and he was very, you know, very adamant and advocating for meditation. And I said, you know, I just feel like I don't have the time to do it in the morning. And he looks at me and he goes, that's literally why you have to do it. And I was like, whoa, but it's so true. And that really stuck with me. Um, I've been doing baby steps. I'm, I'm finally starting to do journaling in the morning. So I do the five minute journal in the morning and five minutes at night. And that's kind of been my like starting point into all of this. Great. Whatever you're willing to do, just do it. Yeah. That's all, you know, I I say to people, you don't need to think about the timing of it. If you're doing it, and however much you're doing, that's how much you're willing to do. Eventually, you'll do more. But don't, you know, wherever you're at, just get on with it. Don't worry about the time. You know, there aren't six minutes, 10 minutes. Don't worry about it. It doesn't yeah. matter. Um, I do three hours. 
I don't even think it's three hours. It just zips by, I'm done. Then getting on with all the other things I have to do. You can get just as much out of doing less than that. You just have to be committed, involved, into it. And by the way, there's so many different types of meditations you could do. It's, the meditation isn't about just sitting quietly because a lot of people just can't sit quietly. Their body aches, their mind is all over the place. You know, so the rishis, the seers of the past, the reason we go to all those books are they gave us so many different practices for all the different personalities. So you don't have to fit yourself into a box of, oh, I have to just sit there quietly. You will find something that your mind is suited to. Some people are suited to visualization. Some people are suited to mantras. Some people are suited to staring at um, a geometrical form. Some people listen to sound. There's all kinds. But, you know, it scares people off a little bit by saying, well, I, I feel awkward about it. There's, there's many different practices. So you'll find one that you will like. Yeah, I love that. It's, it's all about finding what works best for you. Yeah, but it's got to challenge you enough that you're interested in it. That's where intuition has to come into it. A little quiet time sitting. And our intention needs to be, I'm going to do this, right? That's where we check in. You know, some days I'm not going to do certain things. I already know it the day before. I don't waste my time. I'm like, I'm not going to do that tomorrow. Okay, good. I'm glad. Got it out of the way. I don't need to think about it. <laughs> yeah. Right? Like, okay, glad we figured that out. Yeah. Yeah. It's just being honest with yourself instead of being disappointed at yourself. Yeah. You know, disappointment is like, well, why waste your time being disappointed at stuff? Whatever you're doing, get on with doing it, but do it really well. You yeah. know, whatever you're doing. You know, if you're drinking, be a good drinker. If you <laughs> if you if you're a healthy person, be a good healthy person. Don't be a healthy person who nags at other people or you know puts everybody down or you know. So, you know, one time I was I'm not a vegan, but one time I was with somebody who was a vegan and they were so angry. I was like you're really showing up the vegans. <laughs> Don't be so angry. I've been on the receiving end of that as well. And it doesn't feel good. It's like, I thought you guys were in this for compassion for other living beings. And I'm not feeling like, I'm yeah, yeah. I mean, that was right one now. example. I mean, it could be a meat eater. It could be whatever. Oh I yeah. Mean, and I'm not trying to single them out, but just, it is the it's, yeah, it is yeah. ironic. But it's yeah. more about, you know, is what we're doing bringing us joy? Are we a happy person? Are we, you know, we, we've got a very limited time here in, on, on the earth. How are we using it and how are we to other people? You know, that should be something that we're proud of, you know, something that we're really looking forward to being kind to others and compassionate and loving, even if they're not to us. You know, that should be our rule. If somebody is being mean or somebody's calling us names or whatever out on shouting us down on social media, we should be even kinder to them, you know? So it's, it's practicing. They're giving us the opportunity to practice being kind, right? Because if we didn't have the opposites in the world, we wouldn't, you know, life wouldn't, wouldn't be, be so full. Yeah. Yeah. Well, because it's easy to be nice to someone who's nice to you. It's a challenge to be nice to someone who's not. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I have yeah. a lot of fun with people who are haters. It's, it's kind of... <laughs> I just think... You know, it's it's a it's a it's not maybe the world is challenge to bring them around and say I am actually just like you. 
and you are just like me, you know, maybe we have a difference on something, you know, but we can be friends. And even if we're not friends, we can, you know, help each other because, um, you know, when I was in 9-11, walking down the street, I went to Afghanistan, um, teach meditation some years ago. Believe me, when the bomb goes off, when, the, when you need somebody, you will turn around and you will look at anybody, mm. right? You, it doesn't matter what the race they are, color, gender, you know, all that surface stuff that you're so worried about will just go out the window and you will be so happy that person is there. Mm. that's how we should live that we're just happy you know that our neighbor smashed into our wall and ruined our paint <laughs> and then have a good laugh about it you know? yeah it's it's literally that because we're not going to care about any of this stuff down the road yeah it's a great reminder to not put so much weight on the things that don't really matter that much because you're not going to be on your deathbed thinking back like god my neighbor that scratched my house you know like that's not what you're going to be reflecting on and this is something i try to remind myself a lot not at all just and spiritual practice will help you what it has done for us is and hands down for everybody i know is don't worry about that surface stuff all the politics, all the religion, all this and that, and this uh, conflicts and people said this or somebody, all that stuff goes away. Everybody is just equal. Everybody is just fine. No matter who they are, what they believe in, what they decide to say, you know, sometimes I see on the feed, you know, some guys shouting something and I'm like, oh, okay, I hope everybody doesn't mind listening to that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I leave it on there for a few days, you know, because I'm, I tell people in the community, you, you have to be tolerant with people if you take offense. If you don't take offense, you don't have to practice tolerance. Mm. Right? So it depends who you are. It's like you don't need to forgive anybody if you didn't hold on to anything. Interesting. If you held on to something, now you got to forget, right? It's kind of like um, preventative medicine. If you prevented something happening because you took your supplements, you helped yourself, you did your practice, you don't need to think about being sick. But if you got sick because you didn't do all the things you needed to do, now you got to spend even more time on healing because prevention is way easier than curing something. It's way easier not to hold on to something, but as soon as you do hold on to it, it takes for some years and some people never even forgive anybody. Yeah. So it's really that. It's, it's spiritual practice does that for you beyond anything I've ever seen. It's helping you to let go. Even if it gets you in the moment, you let it go. Let it be. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That, I mean, I feel like everything you just said, I have to have a moment to process because that was really, um, yeah, that really spoke to me. Mm. Well, that's why you and I found each other as well. We, we will all find each other at different, there's people right now on podcasts that hate, you know, saying, oh, hateful stuff. And some people are saying loving things. Some people talk about health. Others, everybody will find each other at the conscious level that they're at or getting at. Yeah. That's because we have an intention of doing what we do, right? So that's all. That's why it's not a big effort. We just need to keep on the road, just keep doing what we do, keep open, and eventually, you know, we'll we'll get where we're going in our own way. 
Um, and everybody will find each other at their own level and it's okay. Yeah, absolutely. And, and what a beautiful way of looking at it, you know, because then it kind of takes it. It's no longer a personal thing. It's just a, people are just meeting each other where they're at and finding each other. Yeah. And that's, we, we've asked for it on, on, on a level we've asked for it. Yeah. Um, we're often very upset at people for telling us things that we wanted to be told, you know, mm. and things that we were looking for. And, they, and then we're saying, but you asked for it. So here it is. You know, yeah. you, asked for, you asked for pizza, here's pizza, but pizza gave you a stomachache, but you're, you asked for pizza. You don't get upset at the pizza guy because he gave you pizza. It gave you a stomachache. <laughs> you know? So it's, we're doing very obvious things, wanting a different result, but knowing, well, if I've been down that road and I'm of a certain age and I've done that before, I know what's down that road. And if I go down that road, I decided to go down that road. Right? So I should do it joyously, I guess, you know, instead of moaning that it's that road again. Because um, you took yourself down it, you know. Yeah. So we're doing all these things. I think we live in this. Another thing we, we have is we live in the age of information. The information is out there right? There's all kinds of information. People now worry they're listening to misinformation. You will be prone to misinformation if you're looking for it. If you keep your eyes closed, keep some silence, do some meditation, walk slower, do everything slower, you will come to the truth. If you're walking too fast, running too fast, trying to get too much done and running, 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 of course, you'll miss things and you will be prone to all kinds of different things. Right. So the truth is also, like all the book, books will say, is within you, right? So if you're looking for that truth, the, the truth, then you've got to go within. That, that's sort of floating around with misinformation outwardly because anybody can say whatever they want. Yeah. But that truth people are looking for is inside of you, but you've got to go slower. Yeah. You have to dig in deep to find the truth. Wow, this conversation, I'm I'm beyond grateful that we got connected. I just like I said, yeah, we really a lot of what you were saying was really speaking to me and and what's so funny is um I might have to have you come back on. I, I want to be mindful of your time because I had so many questions that I wanted to go into, you know, nutrition and food and um that I get, didn't get into, but I'm so grateful that it went the way that it did. It was meant to be it was meant to go this way. <laughs> oh yeah. And all the people who are listening, they'll be attracted to this. You know, that's all we do. We throw the we throw the hook out f for fishing and we put the right bait on it. And then um, everybody comes. You and I find each other. The other people find us. Um, but yeah, I'll be happy to talk to you about all kinds of stuff because Ayurveda and yoga basically cover all of life because everything comes out of health and spirituality. Yeah. So that's uh, that's what I think people, you know, if we educated our kids from the beginning in health and spirituality, the whole world would just change within 20 years. Mm. It would just shift completely. It would become ecological. People would love the land. They would live off the land. We would shift all the things and start to put them in, this, in their places rather than this sort of haphazard way that we grab at things and try this, try that, try this. You know, I always tell people, if you're trying on a T-shirt and you want to try on 10 of them, fantastic. Go for it. It won't hurt you. But if you're doing that with your health and spirituality, you're taking a lot of risks. 
and you're not growing in your foundation, right? There's many paths, many things to do, but keep doing the same thing when it comes to health and spirituality. If you find a way in health that really works for you, keep doing it. Don't jump into another thing, right? And spirituality definitely needs 20, 30, 40, 50 years to bloom, you know? Mm. You may get some quick buzz off it for a few days, you know, when you start, but it's that you're in it five years, you're in it 10 years, you're in it, you know, nothing particular is happening, but you know you're growing. Yeah. That's what you want. You, it's not about the ups and downs in spirituality. Well, and then as you get deeper into it, you realize just how much it really uh, betters your life and your relationship with yourself. I mean, that's something that I've really been realizing. I was so focused on just the health aspect of things that I was completely negating everything else that was going on in my life. The stress, um, I had some pretty, I, I had a horrible traumatic thing happen to me as a kid. And, you know, I found myself in my 30s wondering, like, why am I still suffering so hard? I'm eating well, I'm exercising, I'm doing X, Y, and Z. And it wasn't until I really started unpacking all of that that I went through as a kid that I realized like, oh, this is the missing piece here. This was not allowing me to connect with myself because I was ignoring the elephant in the room, which was this trauma. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, you should have my wife, Yogini Jamar on there. She's the scientist of the mind. Oh, I would love to. Oh, yeah. The mind is storehouse of all everything you've ever been through is in your subconscious. Mm. And you reap and everybody just replays it. So most of the spiritual practices we're doing are not to erase, we can't erase that tape, is to create new uh, impressions. So it's like a videotape of your whole life. So this conversation just went into our subconscious. We will pull from it again and again and again in conversations, in our dreams. and But making new impressions to take the place of those old impressions from when we were in the womb, when we were one, two, three, four, when we were just making up our little being that we are, right? We're taking care of our nephew now and we're playing mantras for him. He sleeps here a couple of days a, a week. His parents are dancers. He kind of gets that lifestyle going. And then here he gets everything spiritual. So he does rituals in the morning and you see how his little brain is taking in everything. And we're doing that because we're setting that brainwave in a certain way. So when he is seven and eight and everything's kind of done and set, he now has this open view of what the world is, but he knows how to take care of himself inwardly. Oh, that's so beautiful. And I wish everyone was doing this with their kids because like you said earlier, I think we would be in a different place. Oh, we will be. Earth. We're not there yet. We think... Uh, in the age of technology, we actually think we are advancing. So spiritually, we think we're on apps and this and that. And we're meditating and we're using it, for, you know, making our booking at the same time. And we're meditating. <laughs> I just booked my train ticket. Oh, and I meditated. Amazing. <laughs> I'm a wonder. Yeah. So we, we, uh, we're getting more... Uh, in our heads, thinking that we're advancing spiritually because now information is everywhere spiritually. But at some time, we will, we will come to that place where we're evolved. We're not there yet yeah. because we're too distracted. We have the capability totally 
but we're just too distracted with gadgets and programs and this and that. And we, we don't know how to use things yet, but slowly, slowly we'll get there. I'm optimistic that we're going to get there. So. <laughs> oh yeah, we will get there. Yeah, especially with people like you. I'm just so grateful for your voice in this space. And before we go, I wanted to ask you, because I ask all my guests this at the very end, what are your health non-negotiables? So these are things that no matter how busy your day is, these are things that you do for your health. Spiritual practice in the morning is non-negotiable. And it's what I do to make the rest of the day happen. Um, uh, food, my diet. I mainly eat Ayurvedic food, which means it's in certain mixtures. It, um, you know, I'm not eating and drinking at the same time. Not uh, the quantity of food that I eat is exactly what my body needs in the moment. Um, so those are the those are a few. I mean, I can go on and say a whole bunch more, but what you put into your body, your diet, is going to affect you. Um, and how you start the morning and how you end the night is the two biggest factors that are going to affect your sleep and affect how you wake up and the rest of your day. So those two things are non-negotiable. I have to go to bed by doing some mantras and spiritual practice, and I have to get up and do that. And in between, what I eat needs to sustain me. So after that, life happens. All kinds of things happen, right? Yeah. So those are my non-negotiables. But then you're prepped for life and anything that gets thrown at you because you've put in kind of in that foundational work for it. Yeah, yeah. And then you can deal with pretty much all that comes. And some days you can't eat what you want to eat, but I can tone down the quantity and I can put more pepper on it. I can do this, I can do that, you know? I can yeah. do things because my mindset is, how can I make that thing that I'm eating healthy if it's not healthy? I love that. So for everyone listening, uh, where can they find you? Maybe just tell them a little bit about 108 Beauty. We touched on it in the beginning, but I want people to know that 108 exists and where they can find it. So 108, uh, you can find it at 108.health. So instead of .com, you just put .health. Um, there you'll find three different uh, products. One is Trifala for the GI tract. One is Ashwagandha, which is for the mind and the strength of the body. And one is Purify, which is for cleansing of the respiratory system. Um, people love taking them, the three of them together. They, they're kind of a, what we call the synergy system. Um, as I said, we have 11 systems in the body and we take care of cleaning out and strengthening three of those major ones, which really help the others. So at 108.health, you can find that uh, products. And then at inspireliving.co. So not inspired, but inspireliving.co. You'll find all the yogic practices that I'm talking about, Ayurvedic eating, all of those, the videos, how to do it, how long to do it, all of that is there. And really the idea is that these two um, portals, websites support each other. So you go to one for products, and you go to the other one for practices. Amazing. Well, I'm going to leave all the show, all these links in the show notes so that people can find you. And yeah, thank you so much for coming on today. Yeah. Thanks for having me. It really helps uh, spreading the word and what you're doing is amazing too. Um, basically saying the same things 
using similar language <laughs> and we have same intention. So it's a, it's a, it's a good ride. Yeah, it really is. I love that. It's very aligned. <laughs> Thanks for listening to today's episode of the Real Foodology Podcast. If you liked this episode, please leave a review in your podcast app to let me know. This is a resident media production produced by Drake Peterson and edited by Chris McCone. The theme song is called Heaven by the amazing singer Georgie, spelled with a J. Love you guys so much. See you next week. The content of this show is for educational and informational purposes only. It is not a substitute for individual medical and mental health advice and doesn't constitute a provider-patient relationship. I am a nutritionist, but I am not your nutritionist. As always, talk to your doctor or your health team first.